Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. The inception of J-Fashion was made by women. J-Fashion was a form of rebellion against Japanese beauty ideals for women. So it only makes sense that the majority of spokespeople for J-Fashion are cisgender women. This front creates a much-needed standard of feminism within the community. Just because femininity is at the forefront of the community doesn't mean there can't be masculinity as well. Charlemagne Charlie Cruz is going to be talking with us this episode about what it's like being a trans-masculine person within the J-Fashion community, combining his femininity and masculinity within this space. Before we get into that, let's get into our news and updates for this month. Honestly, I don't have much. Post-pandemic is rough and it's affecting me more than I thought it would. And it's affecting me more than I thought it was. So I'm just trying to figure out how to live. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's just what I what I'm doing right now. I'm oh, just no. trying to live and that's all I got. I mean, I hear that, just like trying to get through the day. I feel like I've been like, I guess getting back into wearing clothes after a long sadness of not having events to wear clothes to. Now I'm just like, well, I'm just wearing clothes now and that's fine. I still haven't like put on makeup super often. I guess as as often as I used to, but just like wearing outfits being like, well, this should be for an event where more people can see me and give comments that are relevant to this fashion, but I'm going to wear it <laughs> anyway. You know, working full time in a place without uniforms, it's weird because I still wear J fashion, but I just have no energy to do anything J fashion related besides put on clothes. It sucks because it feels like I'm missing something because I'm missing the community and I'm missing posting on Instagram and having that energy and meeting people. So it's like I have the clothes that make me feel good, but I don't have the people with me that really make it and bring it full circle, you know? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I guess you could take a picture and then post it in like, a forum or, you know, on Instagram or something like, what do you feel is uh, different when you do those things? I have such little energy to take pictures. It's so hard because I wear J fashion going to work. And then by the time I get home, it's like, I just want to take all this off and I want to be done with the day. And I still don't have a dedicated space for taking pictures. So I just don't. <laughs> I'm trying to like get back into it all slowly. I posted for the first time in like a month yesterday, which felt nice to do. I still don't know when I'll be able to like post consistently. I'm not even going to like set up a timeline for that. That's not important right now. Yeah. You said you haven't been putting on makeup recently. What have you been doing? Like, what's what are you feeling while you do it? Because I know you've always worn makeup and you've always worn eyelashes, but I know that, like, with Gyaru, it's a different experience. So I just want to know, like, what is it during those days that really energize you to put on makeup and to put on your clothes and have that bit of normalcy? I think it's been, like we've been figuring out ways of like, okay, so what can we do that's outside of the ordinary that can be safer for us to do? It hasn't been the whole Garusa, but it's been like me and one or two people. And then it's just like, okay, we went to like Starve Rock, like two and a half hours away. One of those foresty areas where you do walking trails. And we went during the week. The whole point was to go this like river tubing thing. 
And we were the only people on the river because it was during the week and there was no people there. When we spoke to the people who worked there, they were like, yeah, usually there's like hundreds of people and that's during the weekend. But you guys, you know, ended up coming during um, a non-busy time. So it was me and Raina and Natalia. It was a cool time. And that actually like energized me to be like, okay, this is one thing I guess I could get dressed up for, even though we're like gonna be getting in a dirty river, basically. (laughs) I guess it's a regular river, but like when you get in there, you're just like, oh, okay, there's like, it's not a pool where, you know, the water's clear and it was basically lazy river, except a real river. So it was like two to three hours just floating and we were talking and stuff. Even though that's not exactly the same feeling as a full-blown meet where there's lots of different people and there's lots of different activities we're doing and it still felt like, all right, I got some socialization in here and outside in nature. That kind of like energized me to to wear some makeup, you know, saw two people that we could share. Like, oh, you look cool. You look great doing this. Oh, wow. What do you think about like this makeup technique? And like, oh, I was using this lip gloss and I didn't like the way that this happened. And then we went to a big thrift store, like a Salvation Army or something like that. And then we ate some hot dogs on a parking lot roof. We went to like the way tippy tippy top so then we can like see like the skyline and things like that. And it was just like some stuff we wouldn't have done, I guess, pre-pandemic. Cause usually that would be, you know, inside somewhere or like at a karaoke thing, something at nighttime. And then Simon and I have been like, we take walks just around the neighborhood. And I haven't worn makeup then but I just dress up a little bit more. So just getting those little moments of like seeing someone else in safest way possible, appreciating that and being grateful for that energized me to be like, oh, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear something, make up some reason. So it's just like, yeah, let me get to wear some clothes I haven't worn. I started trying to get rid of things and I was like, oh, I haven't worn these shorts that I got from this person and I haven't worn this shirt ever. Like, this is kind of a cute outfit. Let me just like pull it out. And then I ended up discovering some like outfit directions that either I haven't worn in a while or like surprisingly go with me even though it's a different color scheme than I usually wear. So that's basically what I've been trying to do there. Makeup comes into play more so when you have that social interaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like makeup still comes into play with the social interaction. I've thought of like, oh, well, maybe I can try to wear makeup to something else, but it takes me so long to put on the makeup that to wear it to the grocery store, we already drag our feet getting to the grocery store. So that would make the process 20 times longer. I also got my license. And so I'm trying to keep up the habit of driving. So going to the grocery store or going to the post office has been me trying to drive once a week at least. And so I'm like, oh, I do not wanna wear contacts and two pairs of lashes, you know, a bunch of like pins and stuff. And like that already like disrupts me seeing as well. I'm not gonna be doing that and driving. I was thinking about eyelash extensions. Everyone around me, well, not everyone, but a few people around me are getting eyelash extensions. And I'm just like, maybe that could be a thing. You know, I don't have to put them on. I go there for like an appointment and then they're already on me. It won't be such a big daily routine, I guess, to kind of like put on lashes. And then I wouldn't put on contacts. I would just put on tinted moisturizer and some lip gloss. And then it would feel like a little bit of like makeup, but not a bunch to add to my routine. Maybe even just like getting a colored mascara to get that little pop of color in. That's always kind of always been a struggle for me doing makeup more often than just like events. Cause I always just like, 
take too long to get ready for other reasons. So I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, this makeup thing, trying to add that in there. Especially when you only spend so much time out in public now. It's like, well, I spent two hours getting ready for only going out for a half hour. Right, exactly. The other thing has been anniversary. Wedding anniversary with my husband, Simon. And that was a really cool event. And we went to the botanical garden that was absolutely beautiful atmosphere and stuff. And they do require like masks and social distancing. And you have to go during an appointed time before the pandemic and stuff. We wanted to go to either like Universal Studios or something. And also we thought about going to Evermore and doing some more like LARPing type like activities. But we truncated it down to like we'll wear what we would wear to Evermore to the botanical garden, which resulted in us looking like we're a tourist attraction for the botanical garden. (laughs) (laughs) I do not work here. So that was very funny. But that was another time that I felt like, yeah, let's just like dress up this more mundane outing. But at least it would be a longer time out. And something to celebrate, something to mark or something like that, where I felt like it would be worth like me putting on the makeup, putting on the Lolita dress and the shoes and pirate hat and all of that. And then Simon, like he put on all his steampunk stuff. He even had like a metal cane that he made out of like pipes and stuff because he's a plumber. He was like soldering together pipes and everything. So he did all of that. It was really fun and we took a lot of pictures. Definitely felt worth it. Still not the same as a meet, but that like return on investment felt like it was there. It's rough when what we do takes so long to like get into and then you don't spend nearly as much time as you usually do wearing it, it can definitely feel like a waste of time or a waste of resources. So I'm glad that you were able to find those moments to do what you love and spend time with it. In other happier virtual news, Sea of Serenity. I think we talked about this last episode being like a virtual event put on in combination of like the Black Ribbon and J Fashion on Demand Twitch, which is, <laughs> that sounds so great. J Fashion on Demand. It sounds like a, a channel on like satellite TV. Let's DVR this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm really happy about that. They have some really awesome panels, including my panel that I'm doing on Sunday at 6.15 to 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. And Eastern Standard Time, it would be 7.15 to 8.15 p.m. I'm going to be doing mixing alternative fashion styles for beginners, which is a new panel that I'm offering. And I'm basically going to try and teach people how to mix their favorite J fashion styles together, which I hope does do that in some way. I'll be looking um, closely at the question and answer section just to like hear like, oh, what, what are other people like struggling with when it comes to mixing styles or what are their goals? Because maybe there's some different goals that I'm not um, aware of. I'm looking forward to doing that. There's some other cool ones too, including the Kawaii Riot doing a panel at Sea of Serenity. Um, And that's going to be happening uh, right before my panel on Sunday. And they're, I, I think, going to be talking about how to intersect the alternative fashion community with general activism and how we can make the alternative fashion community better. I'm really excited to hear your mixing styles panel because that it's an untapped topic. Like I feel that there are people who would gain so much from that but just aren't aware that it's allowed. I I think it'll be really helpful for beginners to know that that is okay to do. 
and that it can be done and be done well and it's not something that is like against the rules of J fashion. Right, exactly. Or you can still interact with the J fashion community if you do that. How to like, yeah, how to create that, especially like being a beginner when I was first introduced to J fashion I wanted to wear all the styles and I didn't even know, like, I'm just like, how am I going to wear all the styles? Am I mixing all these styles? Am I just going to have the biggest closet in the world? How am I doing that? And I know a lot of people want to just jump into mixing styles too. I feel like I like things from every style and I just want to wear my own thing, but I also want to be able to post in the groups and stuff. So I'm kind of like, talk about like a gradual process, how you can get to the perfect mix result and then how to like interact with the community and talk about it after you've gone through that process. And so I have definitely have jumped the gun and just was like, yep, I just want to, um, you know, Lolita was just like, yep, I'm just going to wear a t-shirt under this and then sneakers. And then I'm going to be like, decor and Lolita. Or, you know, <laughs> just like, I'm going to just do this thing. So I've definitely have done that too. And then have gone back to being like, okay, I'm going to make a traditional outfit and then see what I like and don't like about that. And then go back to like, oh, I'm going to mix something. It can be like back and forth. And so I think now that I've written it all out, I think I have the repeatable process that makes sense. So hopefully that sounds like that. Um, when I present it, I'm, I'm excited to hear people's reactions about it. Cause I, yeah, I don't see that being a topic and that it's hard to get that at conventions because they hardly accept the regular. Yeah. <laughs> panels the like the you know dressing in lolita dressing in this thing and if you want to get to like oh okay so here's like the next level of stuff that you can do after you've dressed in the style for a little bit those panels don't get accepted there's nothing past (laughs) lolita 101 there's no 102 there's no 201 there's nothing there's nothing else and that is so frustrating because it's so much deeper. Right. I want the second semester. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of the constant 101. I know the vocabulary left and right. Exactly. So I think a lot of the panels at um, Sea of Serenity are going to offer you that. I think they do have a advanced styling techniques in Lolita. I don't know if that's on Saturday or on Sunday. I would check out the um, Facebook event for Sea of Serenity. They have um, a graphic with all of the panels listed for Saturday and Sunday, but they do have some next level panels being presented there. Hopefully this can be something that's brought into more events going forward too. I think it's needed. I'm really hoping that once we are able to have physical events again, that we can start having those deeper conversations and those deeper technical aspects. Because there's so like I, there's so much untapped stuff here that we can talk about, and I want more of it. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> so fickle wish is gone. It's very unfortunate. A sad casualty of the pandemic it sucks ass they had a great awesome run and my hope you know i don't know what's going on behind the scenes but i would like to think that if we weren't in a global pandemic that they would have been able to stay in business for another five plus years But again, I I don't know if this was kind of like a long time coming thing and this was just the last straw or not. When I spoke to my sources on the ground, (laughs) they were saying (laughs) that Fickle Wish was like kind of on thin ice. They were having a hard time making a profit out of it. I think they were just like breaking even a lot of the time. The person who runs it is kind of like, if I'm going into the red on this now during the pandemic and everything like that, and it hasn't really shown to be highly profitable in in the best of times, then it might not be good to keep it going. So I think that's why the decision was made because like, I think 
he has some other stores. Yeah, he also owns all of the anime jungles. Yeah, so I think he was just like, yeah, I don't think there's a reason to keep it going um, from a financial standpoint, which is sad, so. Well, to leave us off on a higher note, our website is coming along, and it's coming along fabulously, slowly but fabulously. You'd be surprised. It takes a lot of work to create a website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's a lot of wording and explaining. And then and then you start figuring out like, oh, I have to figure something out about my business here. I actually don't know the answer to this question exactly. for this page. <laughs> so it, it's still taken us a bit of a moment. But we've got a lot of important stuff. Yeah. We are going to hopefully open it up soon. Oh, yeah. I'm not putting any sort of deadline on it because I don't want to stress us out too terribly much, but I'm hoping, um, because I'm really, really excited for it. Yeah, I think we've already have done a lot, but yeah, I'm going to be making that a priority straight away after Sea of Serenity. Had to use a lot of my explainer brain on the panel. After this weekend, um, I should be able to get back in on the podcast website and hopefully yeah I don't want to put like I guess a date on it but I'm thinking before the end of this year like we're gonna have something up much sooner than that I'm hoping yeah much sooner than that we're super close yes it just it's gonna take another few a few more weeks to really get our last push on there and get do our last bit of collecting images it sucks because i lost all of my photos when my facebook account got deleted everything was on there oh my gosh i thought it was like isn't it also on your phone like whatever is uploaded on there like from new phone New phone, oh. New phone, I also don't use Google Images. Oh, so you don't have the cl- like a cloud thing. So hopefully we will get things up and running within the next month or so. So thank you to all of our patrons who have contributed to make this a reality. It is so freaking exciting. And I can't wait till we can actually say, hey, it's up, it's live, go do the thing. <laughs> We're gonna have like email list what (laughs) our landing page won't be facebook right exactly (laughs) so the sky is the limit so thank you so much for like getting us there yes thank you and speaking of patreon let's head on over to our mid-roll hey y'all it's hayden it's kamala We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content, and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money, though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a Garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much. And now back to the show. And welcome back. Today we are talking with Charlie. Charlie Cruz is a 23-year-old non-binary transmasculine person who has loved Fairy Kay since the early 2010s. Fairy Kay has shaped his understanding of what it means to be a feminine man. Outside his interest in J fashion, Charlie is interested in art and psychology and has a degree in both fields. He creates art relevant to his transition and helps support other trans folk with guidance and resources. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Wonderful. So first and foremost, we love to get to know our guests by asking them, how did you first get into J fashion? Uh, I always tell people this, even my therapist, because it's very important to my transition. 
So I feel like I've answered this question so many times, but <laughs> basically I've gotten into like actually acknowledge J fashion, maybe also around my middle school. It's always because of that darn manga, maybe <laughs> around 2008 or something. So I've been into Fairy K around the time that it got popular online. Like there was this YouTuber named Lol Factory. Like that's how long I've been into Fairy K. I thought that I, w- I was the only one who was into Fairy K at the time because I live in uh, Alabama, of all places. So even if it's central Alabama, there's still not many people who are into that. Some people were, were getting uh, acquainted with anime. But I did meet one other person, surprisingly, who was into Fairy K within my local community not too long after. And she probably was into it way longer than I am. And she's in, like, her 30s or something. She's still going strong with getting into J-Fashion. But it was very nice to know that there was someone else who got into J-Fashion, too. Even though, as a kid who wasn't able to access J-Fashion or anything like that, it was very cool. But, yeah, I've been into it since 2008, I think. You were there to, like, see the height of it. That's really cool. I always came in a little later from the hype, so... It's really inspiring to hear other people get to see the height of it and experience that. You mentioned Lol Factory. I've never heard of this channel. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Okay, so um, Lol Factory is this YouTuber. At the time, she was kind of quirky. I was like, how the heck does this 16-year-old have all these wigs and all this like fairy K fashion at the time? And I believe it's because she modeled for wig brands as well as she modeled for RTNBU or something like that. I believe I'm saying the brand wrong, but I remember they sold their stuff on eBay and they had shirts that have, I believe, a carrier cutout on it. Or mainly it was like the tutus that they were that they were known for. Her sisters would go to Japan every now and then. So she has some of that sort of knowledge with her. And I'm just like jealous and i thought it was just really cool that she wore wigs to school or whatever i was like man i wish i was that confident with colorful hair because you know when you're younger parents don't exactly let you color your hair or anything like that i didn't really wear wigs until after i got out of high school only because i transferred from my community college it's only because it is so hot and i have to walk all over the place I could maybe do that in community college because it's all in one place and there's air conditioning, but I am not about to wear a wig in this southern heat and humidity. I can only imagine. I lived in Southern California my whole life, but the Alabama humidity is bar none. Yeah, so I found out Lol Factory because she was giving like tutorials on how to dress in fairy cane and stuff like that. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. This is the first time I've he- I've heard this channel, so now I'm going to have to like go into the archives and try to find it and see how it holds up to today's standards. Yeah, yeah, like seeing someone else like being into what you're into I don't know, it's just so uh, affirming. I remember being into like cat hats and stuff and I went to my first anime convention and I got a fruit basket character, Kyo, his cat hat. And I thought, oh man, this is gonna be so cool. And then my stepmom was all like, are you sure this is gonna be cool? You might get like made fun of. And I was like, what? That thought didn't even like enter my mind. But then I knew that like one of my other friends, we were gonna wear it on the same day. We were gonna debut our hats on the same day. And (laughs) I was just thinking we were gonna be walking down the street in the coolest new thing and everyone's gonna be asking about it. And yeah, that's basically how it went to me. If there were any like negative stares or anything like that, like I wasn't looking for them because like at least I had another person you know, I go into school alone after that sort of comment from someone. And then now I'm like focused on like, oh, is there someone looking at me weird because of the hat or so insecurities and stuff. But usually if I can attach myself to like, oh, there's other people doing this. And I find that even if I'm like not physically with that person, 
just knowing that that other person exists, <laughs> like meeting them in person at some point or interacting with them helped so much. So I, I think that's awesome that you were able to meet someone else in your area that was wearing Fairy K even at that really early point in time where like not everybody was like into it or knowing about alternative fashions and things like that. I was so happy as a young kid. It was like, oh, there's other people who are into this. And it's not just me. Like, it's not just within my area. It's because it's like 2008 or whatever, or like middle school. So, of course, you're kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I know Tumblr was popular around that time. But to see someone else who's, who is reasonably within your area, unfortunately, could not drive. And my parents were kind of, they kind of sheltered me as a kid. So mm, I couldn't yeah. exactly go to it. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't take, it took me a while to feel comfortable with the idea of people staring because I remember when I would join this person eventually down down the road a few years later on like Facebook groups for like local because uh, she she made a fairy K group for Alabama but she was aware of like other people who are into J fashion so she kind of like um, helps me be exposed to other people who are also into J fashion she's not the only person but she kind of helped that and I, I was always like Oh, they all have all this cute stuff, and and I would always ask her, how do you, how do you not feel um, insecure, or whatever, when people are staring at you? Because you know she has the whole, whole deal like wigs and everything like that, and she's like, eh, I mean it's whatever. Like you just kind of get used to it. And I was also friends with a few people in the local community. As a little baby, it was like, how are you guys so used to getting stared at or whatever? And they're like, yeah, you just kind of get used to it. If they take a picture or something, sometimes we go up in their face and be like, hey, don't do that. Not cool. But at this point, I'm still anxious, but I, I, I'm so used to wearing pastels outside that I don't really pay it any mind anymore, um, or at least not as much. I'm more of a casual fairy K dresser. Like, I don't have that many frivolous and over-the-top cute things to wear, unfortunately, at the moment. But, like, wearing pastels or whatever is so normal for me. That's my casual that when someone makes a comment about it or whatever, I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you barely realize you're, like, wearing weird things. <laughs> so, like, I guess that gets into, like, how would you describe your current style? It's shown a lot on my Instagram Jelly Jim. <laughs> but, um, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to plug. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, a lot of the style that's uh, casual is on my Instagram. There's a lot of like color blocking at the moment that um, I access or things that I thrift specifically like 80s or early 90s. I want to wear more cute stuff again. I think I just purged my wardrobe recently because I... I wanted to get rid of a lot of stuff to prepare for moving, but that's going to be postponed until next year. COVID is part of that, and also just because I met my girlfriend, so I want to wait until she graduates to move in together. Um, Aww. <laughs> um, love story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically my style um, now is uh, it, I still wear pastels i don't necessarily think it would be qualified as fairy k um but i'm slowly trying to wear more things that have a skirt or like a dress because my favorite part about fairy k actually is not the boyish fairy k it's stuff like dreamy tabby is such a huge role model for me like i really vibe with his whole look especially with the facial hair and everything like that i want to be i want to slowly dress more and like a silhouette like that um, because there's only so much you can do with pants, you know? No, I feel it. I feel it firsthand. I have so many things that I'm like, okay, I've got a pair of pants. What now? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> I'm like kind of like I've bought some like skirts, but I'm just like, man, I like hardly wear skirts. Like, I'm trying to put together an outfit um, quickly. I'm just like, pants, shorts, 
pants, shorts, pants, shorts. And then I'm just like, you have these skirts, you know, you could just cat, you could just do the same thing, a t-shirt and, and the skirt. And I'm just like, I don't know <laughs> why I don't think of this. They just don't give the same fua fua fluffiness that I want. That's exactly it. Like in Fairy K, everything is like so soft and cute and I wouldn't classify a lot of my looks as fairy cake even though I tag them sometimes because what's missing in the looks that I want and honestly that's what I'm trying to do now is I want to add more cute patterns and graphics on there but not so intensely. I want to learn more how to balance less state statement pieces and like coordinate them to where they're, they're like a balance because kind of like in my art I like to I like a little bit of a pattern, a little bit of color everywhere, but where there's a focal point. I just have a lot of color blocking and maybe that's just easier for me at the moment because I was going through a weird phase for the past few months after I went on HRT and I'm slowly um, beginning to be gendered more as a guy. Um, I was in this weird phase where I, I wanted to wear more things that would increase the chances of me being gendered as a guy but as i quickly go to the go to walmart or something dressed in something in a cute shirt or whatever i've found that people will still gender me as a guy not all the time but like it surprises me there was one time i went to a dermatology appointment recently dressed in like that claire's polka dot pink purse y'all know what i'm talking about <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or like satchel, it depends on the day on how I refer to it, um, and like a bunch of uh, pastels um, because since I used to work at a deli, I'll eventually be leaving that job. There's a uniform to it and it's black and it's orange, so most of the time I'm, oh, no. I'm just dressed in like drab colors and especially with what's been going on recently for my transition, I've been trying to slowly replace some things that are just considered unisex or something because I was just being misgendered so much at the deli um this is very rambly I know it's very casual but oh no no it's fine I like how our questions are just naturally flowing into your conversation anyway yeah because we were going to ask about your experience with getting into J fashion while being transmasculine or getting into being transmasculine while being in J fashion, whichever one came first for you. So this is actually really perfect. I know for me, it's really tough when like, I'm always feeling like myself and I never want to be misgendered, uh, but no matter what I wear, I still get misgendered constantly. Uh, I, I'm trying to find the balance between wearing what I want and wearing what will make me comfortable and getting over the social anxiety and it finally all came to a head for me when I realized that no matter what I wear, whether it's gothic clothing or it's fairy K, I still get misgendered no matter what. So I may as well wear whatever the fuck I want because it's gonna fucking happen. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, because like not every cis guy is a cookie cutter version. And also another thing, which I guess is basically answering the misgendering in Fairy K question, that was the one I had some difficulty with trying to put into words when I was looking over it because I don't want to come off like I'm trying to be an asshole or not respecting what people, respecting people um, with not wanting to be misgendered. But for me, I found that no matter what you wear or something, People will misgender you regardless. Some people have different um, degrees of how they assume a gender, how assume like a gender is. So mm -hmm. even if you try to get into the sort of mold that is passing, different people have different definitions of what a guy is and what a girl is. So even though I have a deep voice, for example, people will still misgender me because they see that I am a small five foot Asian guy who if they hear how old I am 23 okay so usually people just assume that I'm a boy I'm not saying that it's okay to be misgendered of course if it makes you uncomfortable please tell the person hey I'm a dude I'm not a girl 
But the reason why I don't want to fully support that tip is because for me, I'm a very honest person and I didn't mind telling people that I was trans or whatever. I found that when I had to constantly correct people, it is very exhausting. And that's outside of wearing Fairy K. If you want to wear Fairy K and you don't want to be misgendered, I say go for it anyway. If you have to wear something that you feel will make you be seen as masculine more while wearing Fairy K, do so if you need to. Like for me, I never thought about HRT and I wanted to continue wearing pastels all of my life because even though I've been thinking about transitioning since middle school, I haven't changed how I how I dressed really because I've gone through so many phases before thinking about transition that I'm just like, eh, gender is a whole other thing. I'm going to still dress the way that I want to dress. I, I started HRT because I got tired of being misgendered while wearing pastels, and I didn't want to stop wearing pastels, so that's why I began HRT. Yeah, it's, it's really hard, especially when if someone who is transmasculine wants to wear pastels and not get misgendered, that person does really have to conform to what is stereotypical for Western society in terms of gender. And I'm sure people like Tabby still get misgendered even though he has a beard and has a deeper voice. There's nothing that someone should quote fix about themselves. The problem isn't with us, the problem is with society. And in order to deal with it, we really just have to steal ourselves. It depends on what level you're willing to take. Like, can you grin and bear it? Do you have enough energy to push back and really make put yourself out there? For me personally, it's kind of just become water off of a duck's back. Like, there are still days where it's really rough and there are still days where I'm still really pissed and I am constantly muttering under my breath, I'm not a girl because I work a retail job and I'm constantly getting misgendered by customers and I mutter under my breath every day, I'm not a girl, I'm not a fucking girl, I'm not a woman, Jesus fucking Christ, don't fucking call me that. And my coworkers recognize it and they get, there's really no way to deal with it except becoming used to it and it fucking sucks. I'm not saying that that's right, but there's no way to get around it without dismantling the entirety of gender in our society. Yeah, and keep in mind, I'm in the South too. It's like, it's not as bad as you think it would be. <clears throat> Tuscaloosa isn't that bad of a city. That's where I'm at, where I am, um, Central Alabama. The worst you get is misgendered, and usually it's just that people are just used to saying sir or ma'am. I am accustomed to it. I do not like it. I remember I was like, Before I decided to finally go to therapy for ginger, I remember I was working at the college store and I was constantly being mammed all the time during book rush or during football seasons. And I'm like, wow, you know what? I hate this. (laughs) I really don't like this. I thought I wasn't as bothered about this because I was still confused on whether I wanted to be if I was like non-binary or a trans guy or something in between or whatever, because I've gone through multiple gender identities to figure out what best suited me. Uh, spoiler alert, I, I kind of have a combination of just trans masculine and non-binary. Yes, you have to keep in mind, people have their own assumptions about what a, what a guy and a girl is. So you'll be surprised with what people would, will gender you um, correctly, even if you wear fairy K. Another thing to keep in mind is If you're constantly surrounded by strangers who misgender you, the best way to combat that is just to constantly surround yourself with support groups. People who see you as who you are. So constantly like have uh, social media feeds that like constantly show you people who are like trans guys who are dressed in um, fairy K. That's typically what I have on my Instagram feed to like remind you that you're not alone. And that while they're not here locally, that they exist and you are not alone. And you can always go on Discord or something to uh, continue talking to people who will gender you correctly. It is surprising just how much more comfortable I was when people started calling me Charlie more, as well as gendering me correctly. I like felt so much relieved after I came out. I felt more like myself. 
I'm not saying to just be okay with getting misgendered, but at the moment, society is just not aware of respecting trans people. Surrounding yourself with people who will stick up for you, who will vouch for you, who will make those heavy implications to strangers for you, because it can be super taxing trying to do it on your own. Not only, like, when you're out, but also, like, you can surround yourself with, like, affirmation. But, like, when you're in person, yeah, sometimes I'll be tired. Like, I'll be at certain appointments when, like, I've decided not to tell them I'm trans or something. Because I'm, like, I don't feel like explaining myself every time. One time I brought my girlfriend. I continued to gender her correctly. And then my girlfriend would say he. And I'm, like, oh. Oh. Like, I don't have to say anything. <laughs> don't give up. It is possible to wear fairy K and be transmasculine or non-binary. And thank you to our patron, Messy Toy Box, for sending in that question. We really appreciate it. And I hope that helped you. Probably didn't get, answer your question, but I still hope that it helped you. I think you. it did. I think we answered it pretty thoroughly. Like, don't let misgendering hold you back from wearing what you want to wear practice self-care like stand up for yourself but if you're emotionally tired don't feel like guilty if you if you can't stop every single person that's not going to be possible in the society that we live in right now and then surround yourself with other people who know who know who you are and know how to refer to you correctly and correct other people yes it's like uh, my girlfriend she figured out that she was trans in June of last year. So she didn't think that she's very feminine. I've helped her a lot in um, gaining the comfort and confidence to be herself. I can say that because I've noticed just how much faster she's pushed her transition. She's come out to so many people in just this year. She changed her pronouns from they, them to she, her, because I'm like, why are you stopping yourself from going the full she, her? Right, right. Yeah, if you feel she, her, then, you know, just be. <laughs> she would be like, oh, but what if I'm actually not trans? First of all, that's every trans person. <laughs> oh, man, the biggest of moods. Second of all, even if you find out you're not trans, what is wrong with liking quote-unquote feminine things? I'll still like you, and it's okay to be yourself even if you're not trans. And she's also come out to so many people. She came out, she originally was out to her immediate family, but now she's come out to her grandparents recently, and I've also met, like, those family members too. Uh, and she's, like, come out to her her dentist, which is not as casual as it sounds. Um, oh, your dentist. I love that. That's not something you think about when coming out and transitioning. That's I love that so much. She's apparently a family friend, apparently. Ah, uh, I get it. Okay, that makes more sense. That's why I was like, less casual. Um, but also she's like come out a little bit, not like explicitly, but like kind of hinted that she's trans in some of her classes recently. And she wants to think about uh, changing her name legally. That's wonderful. So how does your art combine Fairy K aesthetic and your experience with transitioning? We're talking a lot about a lot of really deep and complex emotions right now. How do you get those feelings onto a page? Um, I'll repost the links in here too. I don't know. So you can like quickly look through that um, before I talk about it. I feel like I've seen some of these posts on Instagram. Just looking at this in a gallery space is making me cry. Oh boy. Like in a good way. It's a camaraderie cry. A camaraderie? <laughs> is that a word? Camaraderie? It's a cry out of camaraderie. I understand, comrade. <laughs> Man, what made you think of that mirror? Like one where it's like reflecting another piece of art like across the room like that's really clever that's actually happenstance if you notice in the um first two photos they are not broken they kind of mishandled it and they said what should we do with the mirrors and i said you know what keep it and i'm gonna tape them together and then go put them back because i dealt with a lot of art where you kind of are just resourceful ready-made art ready-made art is what, what it is so I've, I've dealt with a little bit of that for one semester and i was like you know what, even though this is a class called Concept of Drawing, I'm not doing a lot of drawing in this class. 
yeah so for the mirrors specifically it's not to reflect the other art it was a happenstance but i thought hey this is a cool angle because who's to say that you should just look at the mirrors from the front why not like from a different angle and i put those specifically there for people to like pass by and look at themselves while they're looking at the um profiles of the people and also mirrors kind of play a theme into this whole thing but to answer the question fairy k has been with me for as long as i've transitioned so they happen around the same time for my art art is just how i express myself and the way i dress myself is just how i express myself so it just kind of makes sense that i would include pastels in my art because i want to surround myself in things that make me happy but specifically for my transition in this uh, specific series i wanted to um highlight other people who are like me or who um inspire me to be myself as i mentioned about this specific exhibition it's to like go on and ask yourself what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to be a woman what does it mean to not be any of them because for my transition uh it it took me so long to actually start on HRT or, or anything like that because I was unsure myself on where I wanted to be because I didn't fit any mold of what being trans a trans guy is. I was like, am I gender fluid? Am I a demi boy? What am I? I just know it makes me happy when people refer to me more as being masculine, but at the same time, I like pastel things. I just love the idea of being like this cute boy who people are like, I don't know this is a boy or a girl. And so through my art, I show it through either literally through like a, a cartoon, because cartoon illustration is just uh, my forte, or I use a lot of like the pastel colors in it. But specifically this one, I was using people who are also transmasculine or non-binary to encourage them, or I reflected my feelings during my transition either through pastel colors or literally just incorporate my wardrobe. I had talked to a former art professor of mine and she said, you need to include something that's within the 3D plane to show that this isn't a costume and like show how relevant it is to you. So I incorporated my wardrobe to say like, this is very personal to me. I'm not showing these people because they're very flashy. I'm showing these people because they're integral to my identity. I included in my little wardrobe, uh, my binders, as well as specific pieces that either say pretty boy on it, the pretty boy sweater, um, or other pieces in there that either make me feel like a guy, but is pastel, or vibes with how I feel when I was discovering myself. I specifically put the I'm dead inside shirt right next to the one where basically it's supposed to be me in the photo where it's like the person's tearing at their face, trying to figure out who they are. And along with this theme of wearing things that are affirming to you, you included those pieces that make you feel confident and make you feel like yourself in your art exhibit. And a patron of ours, Mitz, asked, are there any pieces or cohorts that are super affirming to how you experience your masculinity. And this is with the caveat that the majority of world cultures have a tradition of clothes for men that don't enclose the leg, aka pants. A lot of non-Western cultures have things that would be considered dresses being worn as men's clothing. So, what are those pieces that are really affirming to you and that help you feel confident in who you are? Outside of the whole masculinity attribute and just picking pieces that just make me feel very good about myself, I usually always go for the children's place a rainbow tutu skirt because I can't fit in 6% Doki Doki, unfortunately, but this is the closest I can get to it. So I like going to that skirt because one, it has that kind of fairy cave floofiness to it. Two, there's just so much that fairy cave means to me. And fairy cave tends to have that iconic pastel skirt. I remember this one fairy cave image from Fruits or something where it has that girl with the pink buns where half of it's uh, up and half of it's down with the hime bangs, I believe. 
and she has that little skirt. It's it's a very simple cord and like striped um, knee highs or something that are pink. It's not the image that made me into Fairy K, but I see that one a lot, and I always think of that one when I think of the six percent Doki Doki skirt. It's very simple, but it's Fairy K, and I always just think of all these Fairy K images that I see, and I feel like I'm a part of them when I wear that specific shirt. As for trying to feel like a masculine, but still makes me feel very great. Recently, I've been wearing this um, hashtag boy hoodie. I cannot tell you how long I have been trying to look for this item. It has been a dream item for me for so long. When I first saw Dreamy Tabby wear that one, where it's like pink hoodie and it's like a purple outline, the white heart, I wanted that. I wanted that so much because it exclaims I exclaims boy, but is also pastel and can be used in fairy cake. I wasn't able to get that version, but I didn't know there was another colorway. They had like a pastel blue one with a pink heart, and honestly, I like this one better. I'm actually wearing it right now. <laughs> you get dressed up for our interview. Can you uh, uh, help help a fellow train out and uh, drop drop the link or? Uh... <laughs> uh, well that's the thing i was just on depop and it just happened to show up what brand is it or who made it it spins oh woof exactly okay. it's a very old piece of item when i say dream item i mean dream item right there caspian they they had that hoodie the pink one and they gave a copy they gave a another one to a uh, tabby so that's how Tabby was able to get it. So someone happened to have like two of those hoodies on either fairy case sales or something. And I'm like, should I sink my money into this? I ha it's not like I've been looking into this for years. The answer was, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's the bad thing about some fairy case items I've been looking into since 2008. Some of them are definitely, definitely not here anymore. But yeah, so this is my favorite piece recently that makes me feel masculine but is pastel it really feels like me when i wear it and when i wear this combined with the skirt i'm unstoppable <laughs> and if you're comfortable with discussing it like how does dysphoria affect you day to day does it ever change when getting into j days where like even those like those rock star outfits like maybe you're not able to wear those two specific items like does it ever like affect you like day to day recently since i've been tired of being misgendered so much even though i wasn't wearing fairy k at the deli i haven't had the opportunity to wear fairy k even if i wanted to but i have slowly been trading out items of mine that could be considered feminine for things that could be more unisex or masculine Currently, my dysphoria has been, I guess, higher. But at the same time, I've noticed, conversely, that I've been more comfortable to wear certain pieces that I was not comfortable to wear before. As people are starting to affirm me more, I'm becoming more comfortable to wear cute stuff. That was my goal. As soon as I start HRT, or like after I start HRT, I wanted to be more masculine, so there is more opportunity for me to be gendered correctly while I'm dressed in cute stuff. So it's not like, you wouldn't say it's like a straight line of just like, yep, and then I wore J fashion, and then I just got confident, and I never go back and feel unsure or unconfident again. It's like reevaluating, always like reevaluating what's making you feel good and what's not making you feel good and what's who you are now and you know how you can present yourself the most accurately which i feel like everyone kind of goes through that it's kind of like at work um you don't exactly just walk in your pajamas even though they're comfortable so when i wear stuff in a workplace and it's considered more quote-unquote passing i don't plan to stop wearing pastels or whatever outside of work i just try to separate those two so that I don't have to increase the possibility of being misgendered in a workplace where people aren't as familiar with me. I don't want to repeat what happened in my previous work, where even though I introduced myself, and they did get better actually, soon eventually people started gendering more correctly. It's just, 
having the fact that I had to even go over that bump was the annoying part. So now that I'm further transitioned, I don't have to introduce myself as trans if I, if I don't need to. But no, yeah, like, I'm not going to stop wearing pastels. I never plan to, even though my dysphoria fluctuates um, and is going through this weird period. Because that's my end goal. I want to wear fairy gay. It's what makes me happy. Like, actually, I've noticed I get less happy and even depressed if I don't surround myself or I have at least one item or something on me that's pastel or cute. Dark colors or whatever just make me not feel good. That's why I don't, that's why I like wearing fairy gay. Pastels, it's like soft and cute and it makes me very happy. My room is pink, okay? That's been painted like this since third grade and I wouldn't change it. So at the very least, if I've had a hard day or whatever, even if I'm not constantly surrounding myself with pastels, I can go back to my room, which is like a happy place of mine. For dysphoria, I have difficulties with dysphoria currently, but part of what helps it is that I know it's not going to be forever, even though I've been trying to quote-unquote pass more. At the same time, I've been more comfortable at being misgendered because so many people have been gendering me correctly while um, on testosterone, despite wearing a little pastel, that it doesn't bother me as much when people misgender me. And, and when I said that there have been some pieces who, that I haven't even worn for a while that I've been finally getting the confidence to wear, I think it's because I've been getting more comfortable. Like that skirt that I was talking about, yeah. that's been in my closet for a few years, and I had not really worn it even outside of my room for a good second. I think there was one post I wrote where I'm like, this outfit's really cute, but one day I'll gain the confidence to wear this outside. <laughs> and that was just like the other year. And now I've, I've, I can safely say that I have worn it outside. Maybe not in like a school setting, maybe around a park or something, but I can safely say I've been wearing it more often because it makes me happy. And I've been feeling more confident and comfortable with myself. In your bio, you mentioned that Fairy K has helped shape your understanding of what it means to be a feminine man. What does that mean to you? What is being a feminine man to you? And how does Fairy K specifically contribute to that definition? I feel like if it wasn't for the Fairy K community, I wouldn't have understood that it's okay to be a trans masculine person and wear pastels. Tumblr helped a lot at that time. How you dress yourself, clothes or clothes. Gay men exist who dress in like pastels or whatever. I'm not a gay man necessarily. I'm demisexual. It like brought up to my understanding that like, wait a minute, there isn't one way to be a man. And also it made it okay for me. It, it was telling me it's okay to be a feminine trans man. Like, there are people like, um, even people who aren't trans. I forgot his name. You would think I would, I would know this. That one person who dresses in 6% Doki Doki who takes uh, photos. Uh, Noon? Junyun? Yes! Oh yeah, that guy. I do not like him for other reasons, but <laughs> he is influential. I understand. Um, I don't know him personally, <laughs> but I do understand that he is influential. There are other people in Japan who dress colorfully, who's to say how the Japanese society views them. They still dress in it. And then there's also that other one who was a 6% Doki Doki uh, shop boy. Kanata? Yes. I noticed he slowly um, wore more makeup too. I remember the first street snap of him and like compare that to how he dresses now. Awesome to see see his yeah. style. Farrakhae exposed to me that it's possible to be a feminine guy in fairy k but just a feminine guy in general especially if you're trans because there's so many trans i feel like out of all the fashion i feel like fairy k had helped a lot of people who are a trans masculine person i do too because like going on tumblr and everything looking at mahao prince and then I was looking at Tabby and I was look, taking from Caspian. I don't know why I was more interested in the, the boyish fairy K sort of style and everything like that. But I was like, oh, that's awesome too. Like I am a person that likes to wear pants a lot day to day more than skirts. For some reason I see them as more like, oh, well, special occasion 
now it is the skirt and dress time. I was really drawn to that and just very early in developing my style, I was very much looking at people who were more masculine way of presenting Fairy K. And I feel like a lot of trans men, or at least trans men who are around our age group, don't have as much disdain for femininity. And it's something that we're more willing to incorporate with our style and with our sense of being. And it's not something to be ashamed of anymore. And I feel like our generation is finally starting to form that pathway for a combination of masculinity, femininity, androgyny, other sort of energies you want to bring, that is all okay. And it is okay to combine them in different aspects. I feel that our generation of trans people are feeling much more comfortable embracing all sides of femininity and masculinity. Because that's my thing. You, you transitioned because you want to be more like yourself. So what's the point in like being from one box to another if you're not completely yourself? Yes. And like whatever you are drawn to, pick those things up. Don't like try to like question it and just like, oh, is this going to be woman enough or man enough? Whatever you're drawn to, that's what's going to lead to you feeling more like yourself rather than taking into account all these other stereotypes of how you're supposed to look. It's like you're already breaking the mold. <laughs> yeah, those are the most self-defeating questions that I've ever asked myself, and they fucking suck, so don't do it. <laughs> if you're a guy, you're a guy. If you're a girl, you're a girl. If you're non-binary or any other gender or no gender, that's who you are. Gender does not have to play into how you present yourself. I'm glad that I never questioned too much about how to express myself to stop myself from transitioning. If it makes you happy, it's not hurting anyone, go for it. That's why I don't care too much about the idea of passing. I know for some people it is necessary, kind of like me, I decided to go on HRT. But aside from that, I'm not dysphoric about my body, honestly. I remember I binded at some point, but honestly, recently, I haven't bound really in a very long time. One, due to COVID. Two, and it's also because for me, my chest, I feel, is small enough that I'm like, eh. Damn, I wish that were me. <laughs> I want to say, don't be afraid to be yourself. If you feel like you're alone, seek out your community and find other people. That's why part of me is confident in who I am. Because I know I'm not alone, I'm not the only person. Exposure does a lot for you. Like, even though there's not a lot of feminine people here, like, literally check on Tinder and everyone looks like a carbon copy of themselves. There are people who are like you. You have to keep in mind, the world is very big. It would be weird to not get a chance to view at least one person who is like you, you know? Not everyone is the same in your community. It's okay to be yourself, and if you feel like you're the only one, you're not. There are other people who are like you. If you want to present yourself in a certain way, do it. Why would you stop yourself from expressing yourself how you really want to? I think with that lovely closing statement, we will leave it there. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of OK Podcast. If our listeners are interested in hearing more from Charlie, we are going to be doing a patron episode about J fashion with transition. And this is not necessarily gender transition. This is any form of transition, whether it's moving, relationships, jobs, fucking COVID. And we want to talk about transitioning and how J-Fashion has either helped us through it or has uh, been with us through it. So head on over to our Patreon and become a $3 patron and you will be able to get that content. Charlie, where can our listeners find you, whether it's on social media, your artwork? So you can find me on uh, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as um, my website for my art. I typically go under the handle Jelly Jim for my personal stuff, but anything for my art, you can find me under Jelly Jim Art. I'm typically posting a lot of my content art-wise on Instagram and Twitter, but the most updated is usually my personal for outfits. But you can also head over to my site, jellyjimart.com, to see the most archive of my art and happenings when it comes to me art-wise. 
And with that, this has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And this is Charlie. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.